as a symbolic thing is if Canada recognizes Emancipation Day they have to acknowledge that slavery existed on Canadian soil. Hello and welcome back to Digital Dust. I'm Katie. And I'm Kevin. I'm just kidding. I'm Patrick. I just get <laughs> I don't know. I feel like this whole season, I'm just my, my bit is going to be just different people who have tried to replace me. I think and they all have the same for. voice. They all have the same voice, except for Lawrence. <laughs> Lawrence is special. But anyway, joining us today, though, of course, we do we do have the wonderful Doctor Deirdre McCorkendale. Welcome back. Welcome back with us. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're very welcome. This is awesome. But I, I, you know, I wonder, Katie, do you think our listeners? Are, are wondering where the other two are. Yeah, we are uh, missing uh, half of our regular voices. Everyone's doing fine. Nobody's being injured or hit by any metaphorical buses. Um, but we just wanted a little less voices, uh, especially on guest episodes. We want to give the guests the, the best platform possible. So from now on, you might hear slightly less voices per episode, but we're always all around. Don't you worry. We're just taking turns, tag-teaming it. Uh, we're also really busy people. We are. We are. And you can only ever have so many mm-hmms in, in guest <laughs> yeah. episodes, you know? It's like, okay, we get it. <laughs> Guilty as charged. But anyway. Uh, yeah. That's my so, role so today. It's, uh, that is your... Well, th- so, okay, this is the other wonderful thing is... So, Deirdre is here today to talk to us about Emancipation Day, particularly in its Canadian and province of Ontario context. So for anyone who's not in Canada who's listening to this, Canada's split into provinces. It's like the states of the United States, but different, I guess. Um, and, and Ontario, Ontario is one of those provinces. And so that's the main sort of focus that we'll, we'll have uh, Deirdre discuss with us today. But uh, I have a bit of a background in Emancipation Day and a fair background in Black Canadian history. But Katie, you don't know much about it at all. No, I have like a little <laughs> bit of a background of abolition through Britain because I did British history. But sure. like the Canadian context and the actual like any of the kind of nitty-gritty of it definitely so i'm excited to learn that's great and so this is gonna be a great thing where we actually have one of our podcasters here who's gonna be uh, uh, getting educated in the process so it's not just like we hope that people learn stuff you know (laughs) you know so if you have some questions i'm sure your questions would be far more uh uh uh, authentic than mine might be (laughs) because you may not know so so all right i think that's enough of us talking though katie so we're gonna quiet down here and Give it on over to Deirdre, who, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, you take it away and and uh, let us know uh, if you need anything. But Okay. Um, so I guess we'll probably just do like a kind of overview um, a little bit. Emancipation Day, um, just to put it very, very simply, is the celebration of um, the ending of slavery in the British Empire in Canada. Um, Now, the thing is to keep in mind in the history of of the African diaspora, you kind of have to be careful because we all have many, many different things that we call Emancipation Day. In fact, even in the United States, they have so many different Emancipation Day. It's whenever your place decided to act right. (laughs) 
about something. And for, um, for African Canadians, for us, it is um, the 1st of August. Um, and the reason for that is in 1833, the British Slavery, uh, Slavery Abolition Act was passed. And that was passed in 1833, but it went into effect on August 1st of 1834. And ever since then, in Canada, black people have celebrated what they call Emancipation Day. Um, my knowledge is mostly uh, Ontario-centric um, because that's what I study and that's where my people are from, but um, black people all over Canada have celebrated uh, Emancipation Day in different ways. There have been Emancipation Days in Quebec, there are Emancipation Days uh, out in the East Coast, in New Brunswick, in Nova Scotia, there are Emancipation Day celebrations that happened in BC um, as well, um, and those are just ones that I kind of know of cursorily off the top of my head. Um, and again, this has been happening since the 1830s on and off, different ways they've evolved over time. Now the biggest celebrations um, a lot of times would have been in Ontario, um, and the, which Ontario, which would have been called uh, Upper Canada or Canada West at the time. It wasn't technically called Ontario at the time. Um, and uh, there's lots of different celebrations that happen as early as the 1830s into the 1840s. Um, and they especially start getting a little bit bigger in the 1850s. And the reason for that is because not only are there are black people who live in Ontario um, who were former enslaved people who were freed by this act, there were also in the 1800s, a lot of black folks started to make their journey from the United States into Ontario. So these are um, African Americans who are coming up and be, in a sense becoming African Canadian over time and they also celebrate uh, Emancipation Day and as the populations get bigger Emancipation Day becomes bigger in a lot of places. So yeah um, and it, it really becomes like kind of a, a big thing. Um, so just to give you an example, um, I'm, from, I'm from Chatham um, my grandmother's family is from Chatham, and then my grandfather's family is from Dresden. And in uh, Chatham in the 1840s and 50s, there were Emancipation Day celebrations. Um, usually these were put on, and this is something that we see across the board. Like I said, it depends on where you go. Every place does things a little bit differently. Um, but a lot of them are either, they are either put on or um, the uh, veterans and military are very heavily involved. So black veterans and black military personnel are very heavily involved in a lot of these um, activities. So these are people who would have been involved in various Ontario rebellions, people who would have been involved in like the War of 1812. A lot of black men 
uh, volunteer for the armed services when they come into Canada or when they came into Canada as loyalists um, as well. Um, and a lot of times, like for in Chatham, a lot in the 1800s, um, a lot of the celebrations seem to have taken place uh, at the um, location of where the armory currently is. Um, and they were put on by uh, a lot of service members. The also important factor in a lot of these places is the black church. Um, they, a lot of times, would also um, hold these uh, celebrations. And again, it, it depends. Sometimes it depends on where you are, the year. Different things happen at different times. But common things we see are... Um, usually some sort of food celebration, either a banquet or something as simple as a picnic. A lot of, a lot of places do picnics. Um, sometimes there's dinner, sometimes there's dancing. There's almost always a parade. Um, there's almost always a parade um, of some sort. Um, but um, a really important factor in the early celebrations of Emancipation Day is um, political activism. And this is where um, that American heritage really kind of comes into play for um, at least Ontario residents. Um, although this is something that you do see in other emancipation uh, celebrations, I'm just not as well versed on them. Um, a lot of the people who made up the populations of places like Windsor, St. Catharines, Chatham, Dresden, places like that, um, they would have been either former enslaved people or they would have been free people of color who had um, come to these areas um, also kind of trying to run away from some of the restrictions in the United States. And Emancipation Day was often used as a platform to um, celebrate British emancipation. Um, there are speeches that are kind of grateful for the British Empire abolishing slavery, but they are also often opportunities for black people to gather together um, and also discuss the issues of the day. Um, and um, a lot of times that is um, the slavery that was still continuing in the United States. So they would kind of come together with banners in the parade, um, waving their British flags, but they would also have like anti-slavery slogans and things like that. And there would be speeches discussing slavery in the United States, but also they would also discuss the injustices within the communities that they lived in. Um, so, um, and this could always be a bit of a point of contention because there were, uh, at least in some places, white speakers who were asked to, to come because they were pretty big celebrations and, you know, a lot of white speakers may say, you know, may have emphasized, uh, Britain's moral superiority quite a bit, um, in, in in these speeches, and a lot of times, at least certain black folks in the crowd uh, wouldn't have any of that, and they would say, you know, like, this is good, we're thankful for the British Empire for doing this, but X, Y, and Z are not being done. In my hometown of Chatham, they would often talk about uh, school segregation. We are free here, but the schools are segregated. 
Um, we are racially discriminated in housing, job discrimination, all of these things. So it's an opportunity for those things. It's also an opportunity in some places in Ontario for the elders of the community to tell the younger generation about slavery because for some of them, not all of them, but for some of them, some of them would have been um, freedom seekers and fugitive slaves. And it was a way for them to talk to their, um, their children and their grandchildren about those things so they didn't forget about those things. Um, yeah, um, so that, those are kind of like the early, early celebrations of that. And as you go kind of forward, it's kind of an on-again, off-again thing in a lot of places. And um, I mean, it's not to say that they, there are certain places that don't break their streak because Owen Sound, I believe they're at, oh, I hope I don't get this wrong. I think they're at... They have been celebrating Emancipation Day for, I think, 157 years. They've been celebrating Emancipation Day, like, on nonstop. Um, the people in a lot of the Black communities, when I say it's kind of an on-again, off-again thing, what I'm saying is they still celebrate it. What changes is how you celebrate it and where you go. Um, and that's kind of the, the interesting kind of dynamic about it. In Chatham, at least, there are debates among people um, about the celebration of Emancipation Day because of the amount of discrimination that existed in the, in the city and in the county. So this is something that we actually see that's pretty typical in a lot of African diaspora communities. When do we celebrate our freedom? Should we celebrate like at this time because all of these things are problematic when you're talking about like systematic racism should we be celebrating our emancipation in the british empire when our kids can't go to school with the white children should we be lauding mm -hmm. like because inherently in part in aspects of emancipation day there is that kind of celebratory nature of the british empire should we be celebrating the british empire so there's debates there's debates about that and emancipation day right. kind of wanes a little bit people still celebrate but it's a um, it's a little bit smaller it's not what it once was in the mid eight uh in mid 1800s um windsor is really interesting and i'll get to windsor when we get to the 20th century because like that's the big thing but the windsor um the windsor area so we're talking like amherstburg windsor sandwich and all of those areas there's a debate over the celebration of emancipation day because you have church leaders as you as you get later into the 19th century there are church leaders who want the event to be a more kind of serious kind of somber not necessarily somber but they want it to be a more serious um a more serious celebration they want um they want the speeches they want all of those things but some of the younger people um, they are more interested in kind of having a day of leisure and having um, a day uh, to relax. Um, and there's almost there's a right. there's a split right. over that. Um, yeah, and, and and that happens a lot. And so throughout 
um, th throughout the late 19th century and into the 20th century, what you get is um, a bunch of different, th you get a bunch of different celebrations. Like I believe Owen Sounds starts um, largely as um, a picnic and a lot of places have like a picnic and a parade. And there, there are those discussions like, do we want the speeches? Do we want to do this? Or do we want to just have a day where everybody just relaxes and have a, has a good time? Um, so there's always those debates, and there's always those debates moving into uh, the 20th century. But the political element of Emancipation Day never really goes away. It's kind of the cool thing about like Canadian Black history. It's it, it's so diverse, even within Ontario. Is like everybody does things like a little bit differently. That's cool. It all kind of comes to ahead in the cool thing in the 1930s when Ooh. Walter when Walter Perry who um who is um a Windsor um a Windsor resident um and he was a promoter and he was one hell of a promoter and he started to really promote Emancipation Day which would end up being held and he extended it mm. so it wasn't just the one day it was like a four-day event in oh, Windsor yeah. in Jackson Park oh, yeah wow. in Jackson Park and over the years and I um some of the people that he got over the years he got Martin Luther King whoa came okay um, <laughs> all right Eleanor Eleanor Roosevelt oh came. Okay. Mary McLeod Bethune came. Oh, wow. Okay. The Supremes. Oh, boy. He got so many people. <laughs> wow. And it got to a point, um, they um, they called him Mr. Emancipation Day. <laughs> and uh, it was, um, it's referred to as the greatest freedom show on earth. And it was one of the largest, I think it is one of the largest gatherings of black people in the world that happened That's in wild. Windsor, Ontario. That's cool. And wow. Yeah, and what ends up happening is, um, at least in southwestern Ontario, so you have some places like Chatham and like Dresden and North Buxton and all of those places. We stopped having our own like celebrations and we hadn't really been having a lot of celebrations here for, for many, many years. When the 1930s rolls around, everybody just goes to Windsor. And when I, it was funny when you were, when you asked me to do this, I, I went over and I talked to both my grandparents about it because like they remember it because they did it. It's cool. And That's so cool. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was talking to them. So my grandfather's from Dresden and then my grandmother is from, uh, Chatham so Chatham the east end of Chatham is like the black section of Chatham um and uh, at least at the time it was and um uh, she was talking to me about it and she says like that weekend rolled around there was no one here <laughs> everybody was in everybody was in Windsor wow. and and like the whole community kind of came together for it. So it depends on, so it depended on uh, where you were from. But um, I know here, um, 
a lot of people didn't have like cars and stuff like that. If you didn't have a car, either somebody would probably take you. But if you didn't have anybody, um, the um, the AME, the uh, African Methodist Episcopal Church, they had a bus and they would take you. That's cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, they they would take you and you would go. Um, and the way that she described it to me, like kind of the cool thing about Emancipation Day was. It's like, because of the way that it was, it was like this huge gathering of people and people that you hadn't seen for a year and they all kind of just came together and there were just all of these. And there were white people who came too. It was really popular event, but it was like all of these black people. And she said, like, she's funny because she said, she's like, it was really nice because you got to see all of these people that you hadn't seen in such a long time. Um, and it was, and no one was dead and it wasn't somebody's <laughs> wedding and, sure. <laughs> and you got to see all these people. And I want to be like really clear about this too, um, when it comes to Windsor and actually this is true, I think for some of the St. Catherine's, um, Sarah, uh, St. Catherine's celebrations as well, although as I'm not, I'm not as well versed on them. Um, these aren't just African Canadians who are coming to Emancipation Day. A lot of Americans come to Emancipation Day and part of the reason for that is uh, one, um, a lot of us cross the border all the time. Uh, a lot of us have family, we go back and forth. Like if you're from Detroit or if you're from like New York, like Buffalo region, yeah. Yeah. like you go back and forth, your families go back and forth across the border all the time. But there are Americans who came from all over the place. So they largely come in Windsor, especially from Detroit, okay. Ypsilanti, because um, there's a lot of black folks out in Ypsilanti. Um, but there were also black folks who came from, like, the South. Like, they came from Kentucky, and they came from Georgia, and they came um, they came for this. And it was just this big gathering of people. And the cool thing about it is when uh, Walter Perry was in charge of it, he kind of merged those two things that everybody had been arguing about. Um there was the political element, but there was also the fun uh, yeah. element too, because there were rides, there was food, it was like a carnival that you could go to and stuff like that. Um, and everybody had their own thing. I know the way my grandmother described it to me, she said, so we'd go. Um, and then you'd go to Jackson Park and you'd do all that stuff. Uh, but then the next day, um, I can't remember where they had to go for this, but the next day, their church in particular had, like, a picnic that they always had to go to. Um, and they had all kinds of stuff. Like, they added a beauty contest at one point. Um, yeah, they they had they had all kinds of... They had all kinds of different things um, and different celebrations. Um, so it was a... It was a really cool thing. Um, if your listeners are interested, um, there's two now. Um, there is a documentary about Walter Perry um, called Mr. Emancipation. And um, also, there it's a little bit older, but I think it's a good uh, documentary. And it's called The Greatest Freedom Show on Earth. And it is all about cool the Windsor Emancipation Day so if that's something I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be brief for time for you because I have a tendency to ramble uh, but 
<laughs> Those are great. But if uh, if if you're listening, if you're if you're interested, if your listeners are really interested in in that topic, then. I really recommend those, especially because at least I haven't seen the newer Walter Perry one, but the uh, Greatest Freedom Show on Earth, the kind of cool thing about it is um, they have a lot of his relatives in it and a lot of like the Black Windsor residents in it and stuff like that. So it's it's really neat. Um, But yeah, they've been people have been kind of celebrating on and off for years there's currently a bunch of celebrations that are going to be happening um again they're not what they once were um unfortunately there's a couple of things that happened with windsor um one i believe there was a fire at jackson park i think that was in the 60s the other issue was um there was a partition i think that was done of jackson park that made it difficult and the other issue um, at least um, and this is something uh, that historian Natasha Henry talks about a little bit in her book um, is uh, the Detroit riots um, that happened in 67 Um, the uh, black people in Windsor I believe had a hard time getting like their permits and things like that after the riots Um, uh, you can uh, make of that what you will. Um, and also, it was just hard for people to go across the border right. um, during during that time. I know several members of my family were really scared at that time because, like, a bunch of them lived there. They, like, worked mm-hmm. there and stuff like that. So, yeah. So, it's, um, so yeah, Emancipation Day, it's a very Canadian thing, but it's also uh, a very international thing. It's a way for, at least, there's a way for black people to kind of come together and uh, discuss things. Like, part of the interest I know some civil rights leader had, leaders had in coming to Emancipation Day and speaking is that they saw Windsor, um, especially as an opportunity, because... Um, it was less segregated in the South, but it still had issues. So they would work with um, activists there trying to come up with different solutions for problems that are underlyingly the same. Maybe they don't always manifest the same. So, and a lot of people from the States have also uh, said, at least of that time, like if you're from like Michigan or something like that, like it was nice to go to Emancipation Day. Um, it's that leisure aspect of it too, just to have a break. Just to go and be around a bunch of other black people mm-hmm. and just have fun and just have a break and not have to worry about, oh, can I get can I get food here? Can I go to this store? Can I can I do all of the, these things? And like just to have like one day where you can go and like and actually just have fun and not have to always think about those things is is a huge part of that. Um, so, yeah. And Emancipation Day is still a thing uh that people that people still celebrate i've gone to a few different celebrations wow, wow. this is really cool it's, so it was really neat hearing about all this is like thinking about how obviously emancipation day has like progressed over time or like or, or morphed over time or or has been shaped by it's like its surrounding context and stuff and so like what's really interesting is how it's obviously it's become a huge sort of celebration of just like black folks and their culture and 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 themselves and what's kind of neat is like is is thinking about uh, the political roots of it but also like so what i guess what i'm I'm trying to say is what i'm curious about is like at its at its very beginnings when it when it really first started uh, because i know we were talking a little bit about sort of like 
semi celebrations or or thankfulness towards British Empire and that sort of thing. Was it seen? Was it like originally meant to be sort of like a, a thank you Britain for for this, or was it like originally? Did, was that debate inherently there at the beginning, or did it develop after a few years? Does that make sense? It's um it, it's always there, and most of the celebrations um, are not um, inherently uh, British worship, if that makes any sense. Right. From from the very beginning, cool. okay. they are always they are always very very critical. Um, it's just the the debate over how much or how little or whether or not we should be celebrating. Yeah. It varies from first of all, it varies from community to community, but it also like that's something that gets brought up um, over time. But it's never been like a fully like British worship. If that makes that's any great. sense. No, I'm so glad holiday. about that. That's what I was curious about. Though, that, no. that, that's good to hear. I think, that's awesome. I think some of the like white councilmen and mayors oh, and attendants right. would have would have liked it to be. <laughs> oh, um, but it, it it's never been that way, no. Oh, as far as I know anyway. That's awesome. That's great. Katie, do you have any questions so far? How's all this I'm, for you? I yeah, no, I'm really enjoying it. Um, really interesting. I guess like I just put my little historian cap on and you've like alluded to this a little bit, but what are, what's some of the source material that like we know this from and how how do you learn about mm. like how it's celebrated and all of like those kind of things? Well, these were pretty big celebrations, so they're reported on in a lot of the newspapers. Cool. And like the thing is, like um the thing is, um there are like while these are mostly like black um celebrations there are white speakers and white people in attendance especially in like the early years and things like that so there are there are people who report like even i'm not even just talking about the black newspapers but you can definitely find them in the black newspapers but like there are white newspapers in a lot of these areas uh, that talk about them and then when you get into the 20th century um, especially when you're talking about Windsor, we got video footage wow. of, of that, like, so cool. yeah, there's, there's footage, yeah, there's footage of that that you can look at, um, also, like, there's, like, church records that you kind of have to, you have to kind of dig, um, sometimes, well, it depends, some archives do have, like, some church records and stuff like that, but, Unfortunately, sometimes with a lot of black history, you got to go into the community and make some friends with some little old lady and maybe she'll show you her church minute book. And, oh my God. Um, you know. <laughs> every, but, uh, every church old lady has a church minute book. <laughs> it yeah. is confirmed. But... But it's you know mm-hmm. it's it, it it's it's in it's in those records too. Right. I mean newspapers are like the most obvious mm-hmm. things of people like reporting on it and stuff like that. But like the churches are all very especially in the nineteenth century. Mm-hmm. So your African Methodist Episcopal Church, uh, various Baptist churches, and the British Methodist Episcopal Church. Those are kind of the three really big ones for Black Canadians. Those were are all pretty heavily involved in emancipation day at one time or another so looking into those records um you might even be able to find a thing or two in like military records and things like that so it it is it's um it's one of the more accessible things cool um because people do write about it Mm -hmm. and and comment on it um it's it's not as obscure as people as people think cool I was I was even thinking like oral history would be yeah yeah that as well right 
Uh, the oral history is one of the better things to do because you can get not that I'm you can biased. Get so much... <laughs> oh no, I'm really I'm really biased too. I that's what I do. Um, I uh, before I, I was talking to you guys, I asked both my grandparents what their favorite. I asked them what their favorite part of Emancipation Day was, and my grandfather said the food. Excellent choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because he said you got to, well, he grew up and they, they were really poor too. And like, they had all kinds of different food there. And my grandmother said the drill team, the parade Ooh. and the drill team and the step team. So they had like all of these drill and step teams from the U.S. who were a part of the, who are a part of the parade. Neat. And those are things that you can get if in like oral histories and stuff yeah. like that if you if you ask them, if you ask uh, some older people about these things. So, like, that's also a really good source, too. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Katie, do you have any other thoughts as we're going through this so far? Any any other, like, curiosities? How much do you know about Emancipation Day before what you heard? Like, does, does anything, like, surprise you? Is there anything, like... Well, so I have the background of our first episode with Deirdre, which we should plug here. I can't remember what it's called. I'm sorry. By the way, (laughs) by the way, folks, excuse me, folks, but (laughs) Deirdre has been on the podcast before. We did not mention this. We didn't. Season one, she was was here uh, last year, uh, two seasons ago, but last year. June. It was last year for Juneteenth. Yes. Anyway, I'm sorry, Kitty, I interrupted you. No, no, you didn't. That was the plug. The plug is to go listen to that episode. As well as this, when you're done this, go back and listen to that if you haven't already. So I had that background because I was there learning. I did Victorian British history. So I had like the background of the kind of parliamentary debates that went around with abolition, but not any of the like on the ground aspects of it. And certainly not like the, you know, when you talk about parliament, it's just like, and then it got implemented, and then, and now we move on to the next thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, hmm, something's missing yeah. here. For sure. Yeah. 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 Well, and I guess that, that, that sort of raises a question of like, um, and Deidre, I'm not sure if you would know this, but of course, the British Empire immense, or, or, uh, abolishing slavery, like the, the empire encompasses several countries, right? And so um, Canada started at a particular time, but like, how staggered was that process? Do you know? Um, I'm not as well versed on the West Indies, but um, from my understanding, um, it's not um, it's not implemented as quickly. There are apprenticeship programs and things like that that uh, go into effect. It goes into effect more quickly in um, in Ontario, uh, what we call Ontario now. Uh, partially because of Simcoe's um, act to abolish, act to limit slavery. Oh my God, it's got oh, a yeah. ridiculously long name. It's... The act to adin- to yeah. to limit <laughs> slavery in Upper Canada that he uh, managed to get passed with a lot of um, opposition in 1793, and that had already kind of started got the getting the ball rolling on. Um, ending slavery so I think the transition by the time you get to uh, roughly 30 years later it's a little bit um, it's a bit of an easier transition but uh, it's a much slower transition in places where they are a slave economy whereas Ontario it's not um, or Nova Scotia or Quebec uh, we are a um, we are a society with slaves rather than a slave society our entire economy isn't based off of slavery so 
um, the transitions a little bit it's a little bit faster although it's not great for those enslaved I know that there were probably some people who held on for dear life as there always are <laughs> yeah yeah and I remember from our Juneteenth episode with you you were talking about how various celebrations for Juneteenth would happen at various times of the year or or maybe even different years entirely something like that just based on like when people either found out or or had, had been implemented like do, do you know if that really happened in Ontario or Canada at all it's um it's pretty as far as I know um it's pretty standard the August the first cool. because um I, I think because of the centralization of like the British Empire right. for things by the time the 1830s rolls around um August kind of first is the choice um but uh, in the United States, it's very difficult for, um, and there's still debates. Uh, Juneteenth is the one that I think everybody's kind of decided to go with, but like it's been over a hundred years in the United States of debates over like which day should actually be Black People's Independence Day because it's should it be January first because that's the Emancipation Proclamation? Right. Should it be the date of the Thirteenth Amendment? Should it be the date when your town found out? Right. You know, all of those things uh, because the British Empire was the way that it was it kind of gives everything a little bit more of a central date as far as I know most uh, most people it's 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 the first and also the thing is too to keep in mind um the first is a date is really just good symbolically because there were people who were celebrating also the ending of slavery in the United States on emancipation day as well um or celebrating other people's emancipation um it's just like it's just a good date that people picked yeah um i mean so the 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 next thing i was i was curious about when when i invited deirdre back on here was something i think she's actually already talked quite a bit about the sort of how how it's this holiday's been morphed or or celebrated since its creation through like the 1920s and the civil rights movement. However, I did just catch myself and I am really curious about this. And this sparked a, a new question. I sincere, sincere apologies to our listeners, <laughs> but um, no. I've, I don't know. I, I'm really interested. Uh, is like you celebrate emancipation day or is it like a, is it a memorial? Is it like, is it a celebrate? Do you say happy emancipation day? Do you like it? Or is it more solemn or memorial? Do, do you know what I'm trying to get at here? Like, it's, it's it's usually a pretty happy celebration even 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 the even um those kind of church those kind of more church run kind of serious ones from my understanding it was still like a very happy occasion where you were still meeting with people and things like that so as far as i know that's good good to know awesome nice okay so then moving <laughs> back onto it super quick diversion there fantastic we'll we'll get into is there anything about the civil rights movement in particular, sort of the 50s and 60s? You mentioned Martin Luther King, which is bananas to me, but that, that Martin Luther King came to, um, to, Windsor. to Windsor, which is which is so cool. <laughs> he came, I think he came a couple, couple times, times. Actually. That's really neat. But but is there is there any, other, I mean, because of course we're talking about a very big political connection to the holiday and that sort of thing. And so is, is there anything from that time period in particular, something that a lot of folks are really familiar with in general who might be listening? Well, something to keep in mind is when it comes to, like, this civil rights movement, um, and I, I'm kind of one of those people who looks at the civil rights movement as a long movement. Oh, totally. Like, to me, the civil rights movement doesn't begin in 1955 with the bus boycott, but... Um, 
there's always been a connection between um, at least those African Canadian communities um, that were a part of the Underground Railroad and um, their American cousins and brothers and mothers across the border. And there's always been cooperation since the 19th century across the board um, and activism across the board. Our abolitionist movement um, is kind of a precursor to what will happen later. So there's always people going back and forth um, across the border and working with each other. Um, so there are civil rights activists working in Windsor, in Toronto, in Chatham, in all kinds of places that are in contact with people in the United States about things like strategy, how to kind of overcome particular things. So um, you got to understand to a certain extent, um, when Martin Luther King came to Windsor, from my understanding, he wasn't as big Right. It's it's kind of interesting right. uh, because like, people think that like he just like emerged from the womb as like this big figure <laughs> as or something. The Martin Luther King. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he came, when he came early, when he came, I think the first time he was quite young, and then I think he came, I think he came again, and I think he was a speaker, and it was shortly after the bus boycott because I think it was '56 that he came, and he was a bit of a bigger name by that point. Right. Um, but it's, you know, Emancipation Day is a really good day for networking because you have a lot of black people from all over the place in yeah. the same spot. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's a really good place for um, discussions of activism, talking about how um, institutional racism manifests itself in different places. So there's always been that connection. So it starts with abolitionist roots and then it just moves right into the 20th century. It's a very, like, in my opinion, it's a very natural transition right. like so we're talking about Martin Luther King in the uh, in the like 1950s well Frederick Douglass came and spoke at Emancipation Day in, in uh, at the Dawn what? settlement in yeah you keep dropping these names this is incredible like, yeah what? yeah that's so cool. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why people think that black people just stay in one place all the time. Yeah, right. Yeah. Move all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he cool. he was in he was in Dresden wow. for Emancipation Day. Yeah. So it's 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 a natural kind of transition. You never lose. You don't really lose those roots. So um, that's always kind of been a part of it, even though, like I said, there's some transitions where like, you know, people just want to have a day where they relax and they just want to have like a picnic or something mm -hmm. like that um, in Amherstburg or something like that. Like, <laughs> but that in and of itself, in my opinion, is a is a political action. The choice sure. to just relax for a day, yeah. um, I think is perfectly fine. Absolutely. Sometimes it's enough just to make it through the day. Oh, um, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I, th I I I'm so glad that you mentioned the idea of a, of a longer movement, as it, as it may be referred to. This being a public history podcast, Katie, you've heard me so many times, just like thrown on and on and on about education and how like you know these like like when, when you when you educate the public in history, there's often just sort of like put in these little boxes. You have like a decade for the civil rights movement, then that's over, and then you have the next thing, and then that's over, and then so on and so on. So yeah, no. So I think Emancipation Day seeing as though this is a public history podcast, Emancipation Day is a really great example of something that sort of like cuts through that and, and shows a sort of through line from these major events that are that are sort of like public educated uh, uh, knowledge and that sort of thing. So that's really helpful. That's awesome. 
Awesome. Okay. And speaking of public history, the next thing that we want to talk about, the next thing I'm, I'm, I'm curious about, and again, we sort of talked through this a little bit, so just any other uh, comments you may have. But I'm curious about how Emancipation Day is uh, in our present moment. In, in sort of like our general present last five, ten years, perhaps. But what it, what it means to black folks today, if it's sort of morphed again, if it's similar, that sort of thing. Well, it's hard to say um, because part of the problem, at least if I can speak from my own community's perspective, is, um, and this is not the fault of the community, this is the fault of our current economic times, mm. um, um, there's just not as many um, black folks who live um, where I live anymore. Um, but um, at the same time, um, some of these communities have also been infused with, um, and this is starts to happen in the 60s, 50s and 60s, they've also been infused with um, new black experience because we've had a lot of people who have come over from um, Africa or they've come over from the West Indies and they've also started to celebrate Emancipation Day with us and become a part of our communities and our communities have kind of evolved that way. I'm very excited mm. like because uh, my grandmother got a new neighbor and we were so excited that they were from Africa because she hasn't had a black neighbor in a really long time and That's she's cool. like very excited about this. And like, so the communities are changing, uh, but for, for the better. And in that sense, Emancipation Day, it is, um, the celebrations are a little bit smaller um, in different places. Now, um, unfortunately, we don't have the big Windsor thing anymore, but they're still celebrated and they're starting to pick up steam. So like I said, though, Owen Sound has, I don't think they've broken yeah. their streak. Like, it's been 157 years. Um, and they've been celebrating. They are celebrating again this year. I took part in, um, I used to work out in Dresden at the museum there, um, which is which has the home of Josiah Henson, who was an abolitionist. And um, they've been holding emancipation there for, oh God, I think that they've been doing that for at least 30 years now. And I, when I worked there, I helped organize it. They have singers and they, once they have speakers, some of them are academics that come and they speak to the community. And the cool thing is like a lot of the like very white audience who like kind of come and they're like listening to all of these black speakers, black choirs, um, I think one year, I wasn't there for that year, but one year they had a fashion show. Um, and um, uh, that particular one out in Dresden is the one to watch this year, in my opinion, because Josiah Henson's home, uh, where the museum is, used to be called Uncle Tom's Cabin for years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And this is the year, and I was so happy, this is the year they're finally changing the name Ooh, oh, and they're announce they are announcing it on Emancipation Day. Oh, so awesome. it's not one to miss. They've changed the name of the road. It's not Uncle Tom's Cabin Road anymore. It's Freedom Road now. Oh, that's cool. That's so awesome. they're doing that Emancipation Day. Um, there's all kinds of places all over the all over. Um, I know the Ontario Black Historical Society in Toronto. I think that they are putting something on as well. Like and 
there's lots of celebrations like chances are if you chances are if you live in Ontario you're probably not that far away from a celebration so if you're ever interested like I highly recommend going like a lot of them not all of them it depends on what it is but like a lot of these events are free Mm. like for you to go to like that's so cool yeah so they're still doing it and there's been efforts to revive it even further so it's almost like there was a period after the 60s there where it kind of fell off a little bit, but the younger generation, so you're talking like millennials and Gen Z, have really started to kind of pick things up and say, hey, that was kind of cool. That's really cool. awesome. Let's do something with that. So it's it, it's it's really neat. That's so great. I know, I think that they are still doing celebrations out in Nova Scotia and a bunch of other places as well. So check it out if you're if you're living in Canada. I have an excellent segue, if I may. Sure. (laughs) We're talking about, you know, the uh, the present context and all these celebrations and it going on Mm -hmm. nationally. Of course, this is, I believe, the second year now that that Emancipation Day has been recognized as a national... Is it a national holiday? Is it a civic holiday for Canada? It's a national... national It recognizes a national holiday. Very cool. Unfortunately... Unfortunately, unless you're in Ontario or I think Nova Scotia, oh yeah, there's a couple other provinces. Um, the other provinces you don't get the day off, but if you live in Ontario, you do. Well, there you go. All right. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's 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 interesting. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. So so um, big news uh, in the history of Emancipation Day has happened like literally like last year and this year, and one of the reasons why we wanted to do this episode is kind of, finally we were we were putting out an episode for August first. So, you know, I guess it's August 2nd. doesn't really matter. I I digress. Anyway, the point is, is that we have a a national holiday for Emancipation Day, which is very exciting. And Deirdre, I know you're very modest, but you, you have said that you, you were somewhat involved in the process of making that designation happen. And I would love to hear about any involvement. If it was just you writing a footnote, I don't care. I'd love to know how you were involved in that process. Okay, so I was a very small part of this. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, what, um, what what had happened was, this is kind of funny, um, this happened right before COVID hit the fan oh, yeah. with everything. Uh, Senator uh, Wanda, Wanda Thomas-Bernard, um, she visited Chatham um, in early March um in uh, 2020 and she was a guest speaker and she was hosted by um our chatham kent black historical society um of which i'm a member and um natasha henry who has written an excellent book on emancipation day um also came out to kind of talk to people um about it um i introduced her um and um, basically she brought to attention the parliamentary uh, motion that was being brought forward by um, an MP and it was to designate August 1st as Emancipation Day federally. So it was for Chatham to give their support and this was really important to um, the senator because especially because Chatham just has such a history of um, abolitionism. We have a history of Emancipation Day. Basically, we have this huge history of black excellence. So our support, our city's support for something like that um, was really important to her to kind of get that kind of thing passed, right? 
Um, and essentially, my role in that was um, I'm a member of the Black Historical Society here. I also do kind of consulting stuff for them as well. I wrote uh, several st uh, statements to the um, to the city council explaining why this was important because you always have to spend you always have to spend with people who are not in history. You have to you have to spend at least three to four pages explaining to them why something is important. Um, even though it seems self-evident to you. So I went through and I kind of explained the history um, because I didn't want them to think that this was purely a kind of publicity symbolic act. I wanted them to understand how important this was and it was important to the Black Historical Society that they were a part of this. That's, uh, that, that's what I did. So I was just kind of going through and talking to reporters as to why mm -hmm. this was important and things like that and why we need to recognize Emancipation Day. And it's important that the Emancipation Day is recognized, even if you don't get the day off, although I wish everybody got the day off of an Emancipation. Nobody should have to work on Emancipation Day. But the reason it's important, even just kind of as a symbolic thing, is if Canada recognizes Emancipation Day, they have to acknowledge that slavery existed on Canadian soil. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's huge. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. yeah, which is a huge problem in Canada where we don't, we don't discuss it. It's the first steps to having that conversation. It's part of... It's part of kind of that, um, the way that the senator described it, I thought she did a very good job describing it. It's part of that early reparations discussion mm -hmm. yeah. is that those kind of first steps of, okay, the country acknowledging if we have Emancipation Day, then emancipation from what? You have to talk yeah. about, you have to talk about slavery. We have to talk about Canada's role in the transatlantic slave trade. And that can get the ball rolling on on other things and you know recognizing it federally may also help because it'll give it a little bit more oomph outside of the yeah. black communities yeah. maybe it'll maybe it'll help make some of those really cool celebrations come back like, you know i want to go to something where you know the supremes come or something I like can. that you know Absolutely. So th I think those are the kind of like first steps in, in those kind of discussions. So that was my extremely minor role well, in, in that. You're still involved. So that's so cool. All right, then. Well, this has been so fun. So I, I just wanted to say, you know, to, to our listeners, since this is coming out a day afterwards, happy belated Emancipation Day, but uh, a wonderful day. And this has been a great conversation. This has been really awesome. Yeah, I think it's, it's something that that right. Like, I think it's something that like a lot of folks, obviously, a lot of folks don't know about it. But even like folks, like even myself, like someone who has studied a lot of Black history, Black Canadian history, I knew some things, but I didn't know a lot of it. And, and so it's been really, really insightful and really fun. Often, you know, often Black history is composed of the sort of like traumatic sides of it and and the sides of oppression and everything. And so it's really fun to talk about a side of black history that's celebratory and and uh partly about resistance for sure but also partly just about you know uh celebration and and black community and stuff and so that that was it was really fun to talk about that stuff so yeah that's a yeah that's that's a huge part of it it's yeah like it is like the political stuff like that but like it's also like singing dancing good food seeing your family yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so thank you, Deirdre, for coming yes, thank on. Thank you so much. Uh, no problem. Anything we talked about will be listed down in the show notes. So check that out for any of the documentaries or the books, all of that. And as always, it's always linked on socials as well. Other than that, uh, rate and review our podcast. I remember to put that in. Uh, we'd love you if you did that. And otherwise... Give us all five stars. Five stars only. If you're not going to do a five-star review, don't do it. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> and otherwise, we will see you on the Flippity Flop. Goodbye. Excellent. Digital Dust is recorded on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabek, Haudenosaunee, Lanapawak, and Attawandaran peoples, on lands connected with the London Township and Somber Treaties of 1796 and the Dish with One Spoon Covenant Wampum. This land continues to be home to First Nations peoples, Métis people, and Inuit people, whom we recognize as the contemporary stewards of the land and waters we are on today. Digital Dust is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Edwards, Katie Gaskin, Patrick Kingen, and Robin Marshall. Sound design by Elizabeth Edwards. Audio transcription by Katie Gaskin. Our theme music is by Mattias Miller.